The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Kevin at Comics, and I'm your host, John Clark. Well, it's Halloween week, and in 2020, the best thing you can do Halloween is watch horror that isn't actually happening to you, because you can always turn it off, and in two hours, it's over. But what was the best era of horror? Was it the Universal Monsters of the 30s? Was it the Slashers of the 70s? Is it the cerebral premise-heavy movies of the 2020s? Uh, I asked Howie Weingarten. Howie's one of my oldest friends and the guy who really introduced me to horror in high school. He's an aficionado of the whole ball of wax, uh, the whole house of wax for that matter. So let's talk to him. Oh, my goodness. This, this starts with you gasping. <laughs> Scary. Yeah, so it's... No, I was, I was actually... I saw on this list just as I'm going through the uh, the Babadook. I haven't. And, uh, I have not. Okay, well, we can cover it, but I haven't seen the Babadook. And um, uh, this podcast, Unspooled, was doing the um, hundred greatest movies on the AFI list, uh-huh. and then they did. Um, they ran out, so now they're doing genres. They're doing. So now this month they're doing all horror movies. They did. Birth Carla Frankenstein, they said next week is a Baba Duke, and I haven't seen it. Mm, it's worth seeing. It's All definitely right. worth seeing. It's you know what? A lot of this is one of those horror movies where a lot of it has a lot to do with um, there's there's a there's a big social message in it. Okay, well let's, you know? let's I'm just I'm gonna leave it for you. It's a good movie. Yeah. Check it out. Let's get it when we get into it. But uh I'll kick this off. So it's we're almost at Halloween which is hard to tell this year. I'm not seeing a lot of decorations out. I mean, everybody's in the house. But uh, now is the time for horror movies. And Howie, you are the most horror movie guy I know. Um, And well, anyone I knew that was more horror movie is too weird for me to keep talking to. (laughs) So there's always kids in junior high that were way into horror movies and be like, yeah, I think you might be a serial killer. Yes. So I'm going to stop talking to you, but you and I still talk to each other. And I am not a serial killer? Not yet. It's never been proven. No one can say anything. (laughs) You know, there's there's always time. (laughs) Life isn't isn't a straight line. (laughs) You can make your choices. But um, make your choices. Well, so so as we were talking, as we were talking, horror movies have. Our movies have this uh, tendency to like rise and fall in the spotlight. I mean, every Halloween we watch horror movies, but it seems like they go underground, they get very low budget. Then one becomes really popular. Then they start doing high profile ones and then they kind of uh, drift away again. And I think we're, I think right now we're at that point with things like it um, being huge, huge, huge movies. And I think we're going to, that might recede again, but uh, mm-hmm. To kick things off, Howie, where where do horror movies start with you? Because when we met, you were already way into horror movies. But what are the first ones you remember watching? I think the one of the uh, 
one of my first experiences in seeing horror movies was probably being a kid on Saturday nights on PBS, they had a horror movie, a universal horror movie. And um, as I remember being a kid, they scared me, but I wasn't really ever that, that scared. That, that's to a, the point. That's amazing. That's the, exactly where I started too, is those in the summer, the Saturday yeah. night on PBS. That's where I first saw Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and Dracula. And Dracula and all House of Frankenstein, all of those. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's funny because, um, you know, I guess it was from them and just, just briefly jumping ahead. It went from them to the Saturday afternoon on Channel 5, Fox was, uh, was uh, like Hammer Theater. Oh, see, those I never saw. I remember Godzilla movies in the day, but I never, I did, I had read about Hammer before I ever saw Hammer. I don't remember it being on TV. Yeah, it was. It was. I remember, oh God, it used to be funny because like, um, <laughs> like I, I, I think on like on, on, on Saturday afternoons, they'd have a horror movie at three o'clock on what was Channel 5, Fox. And um, I remember watching, I think it was probably Dracula Has Risen from the Dead. And I remember switching between that and the next channel on the thing we actually had to make turn the, the dial and uh and changing to like professional bowling on channel seven right there was you know, no channel like, six in new york so not only did we just have no the dial six. they weren't even using all the numbers no everything was a uh, very hopscotch you know so so were you were you afraid you'd miss the professional bowling or was it just when the commercials would come on you'd be like ah, i think i'll watch people bowl no it was just it was it was i was i was so scared by hammer because the thing was was that the difference between Universal and Hammer was that Universal was all in black and white. It seemed old. Mm -hmm. But watching Hammer, you could actually see Dracula, the blood dripping off the fangs, the bloodshot eyes, the blood on the neck. It was, um, it was just, it was in, as a kid, I just like never really liked the sight of blood. So that I think kind of like was, was, was a secondary factor what scared me besides the fact that, I mean, Christopher Lee was, was, was terrifying. And we yeah. both know this because we did an hour and a half of this. Right. The last time you were on this podcast, we watched every single Christopher Lee movie because we thought the pandemic would take about three weeks. Unfortunately, and then, yeah. and then you got COVID. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was a horror story in and of itself. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I uh, I must have been like the uh, I must have been like the blonde in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. I survived. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. so that's a good. <laughs> so yeah, right. but I'm, I'm so eager to do this podcast. I've been I've been asking and and prepping for it because you know the thing is is that there's so much horror that, that you can easily just forget. I um like I said, I was doing just uh, some research just before before. No, we started the the the, uh, the podcast, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, you can actually just see the trends of just how horror has gone, and it, and it and 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 they are heavily influenced by by world events, and um, it's 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 just amazing because you know horror horror is such a um, 
I think horror is probably the most uh, acquired taste of all the film genres. Anybody yep. can laugh at comedy. Anyone can get into a good drama. But to sit there and actually want to be scared, that takes, that takes you know, some people are just not comfortable with that. No, and I that, wasn't comfortable with it for a long, long time. I was, yeah. like, I was way too nervous to deal with it. Like, I, I still have problems getting on roller coasters. I don't like, I don't like being scared. Yeah. Oh, I hate roller coasters. Oh, God. Would get on one. That no. first drop is the worst. But, and uh, some horror movies are hard for me to get near. Like, there, there, are, there have been some movies where I ended up watching it from the doorway because I just kept backing up and backing up and backing up. Uh, it wasn't, and I got into, um, one of the things that was interesting is that I got into horror the same way I got into heavy metal, which um, I'm crediting <laughs> you for both of those. Oh, was like as a kid, I was really into sci-fi and action movies, and I was, of course, as a teenager, I was really yeah. into classic rock. But yeah. horror and heavy metal just seemed way too intense. And then, and they are, yeah. With each of them, I kind of found a gateway drug, and and uh, I had a guide. Actually, like you were my guide in a lot of these of like showing me, okay, here's Metallica, here's Megadeth, and here's Christopher Lee, and here's George Romero. Um, but I've never quite I. I always had this feeling that I'm traveling through those genres rather mm -hmm. than I live there as much as I love like some things like I could watch evil dead two every week and I could listen to black Sabbath every day, yep. but I never felt like I was the horror or the metal kid. And honestly, those two go hand in hand because heavy metal they uses really a lot of, a lot of horror imagery. I mean, and they do. Yeah. Yeah. I they mean, definitely do. Kiss and Alice Cooper and Ozzy Osbourne. Blair, you know. Yeah, they're all playing monsters. You know, even Iron Maiden even, you know. Yeah. Guar, yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of horror and 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 goth in in in, in, in the in the in the in metal, you know. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie Rock and Roll Nightmare? No. Oh my God! This is this is almost taking us off track because I saw it on, I guess it was Rift Tracks, um, mm -hmm. but it's a Swedish horror movie about a heavy metal band that's being attacked by a ghost. That sounds great. It's amazing. I mean, great in parentheses. <laughs> yes, it's a it's hard to do, and it's like it was clearly written and directed by the lead singer. Because the guy's like an egomaniac where like the rest of the band gets killed, but then he rips his shirt off and just starts punching the ghost because he's, he's such a manly man. Oh, God. It's amazing. You know? There, there, there's, there's one horror movie with, uh, with Alice Cooper in it. The name, I think it's called like, like Hell Dog or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's just like, and... Uh, and the, there's the song that he sings. They're filming a rock video in, in, a, in a haunted house with some sort of like beast that's running around killing everybody. You know, all the like Ozzy Osbourne as the werewolf, like something, something, not a werewolf, but something like really like, you gotta be kidding me. That's what's, yeah. that's the monster. Have you ever seen, have you, have you ever seen Madhouse? I think I have, yeah. The Vincent, it's a Vincent Price one. 
Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, yep, where he's like he's like a horror host that like he ends up killing people like in his horror makeup. Oh, can I tell you something funny? What? So I am talking with my birth mom today, right? She had the day off. She has to burn some days from work because you lose them. Right. And um, so she's like, I had some things to do. I'll make the story brief. She was, and I sat down and I watched House of Wax. And I'm like, Vincent Price or Paris Hilton? And she laughed and said, Paris Hilton. I'm like, oh, no. It was on no, that. It was no, on. No. Yeah, it was, it was on uh, yesterday. Yeah. I was looking through the channel guide and I was like, oh, House of Wax. And that's exactly what I did. I pulled it up on the guide and that was in 2005. And I was like, nope. I for, it was one of those remakes nope. I forgot they even made. That's one thing that I think we'll probably get into in this podcast, talking about remakes and sequels. They're making a they're making now a sequel to the movie The Nun, which was and I love the Conjuring series. It's yeah. a terrible movie. The it's, original or the remake? Or the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Nun is kind of like a spin-off oh. to the Conjuring. And it's actually a spin-off to, to to like the first and the second conjuring. So, and these are the same guys who made it. So I thought that this is going to be pretty good. The thing is, is sometimes you just don't catch that lightning in a bottle, you know? Well, that's a good point to make because the, as, uh, as we looked at all of horror, the franchises really, really rise up. And I mean, we can talk about what, what types of tone people went for, but there's a problem with horror movies of it's very, uh, I th- I feel like horror sequels have a much harder time than action sequels because action you can just keep putting. Oh movies. yeah, and yeah, you know like totally. like Absolutely. Com- comedy sequels are notoriously hard to do because in a way you're telling the same joke twice and expecting it to be just as funny. But with yeah. horror, with horror, the problem with um, horror sequels when they use the same monster over and over again, the monster becomes familiar, and the more familiar something is, the less scary it is. Right. So, you know, these things that get to like six, seven, eight, like they become comedies in a way. Like they do become comedies because they become so, so ridiculous. If you watch the, if you watch like the, like the first Friday, the 13th movie is a genuinely scary movie. It's a good movie. You know, when you get to part seven or eight, where Jason is fighting somebody who has telekinesis (laughs) or... Jason is now in Manhattan or in you space, know, you know, or in space, which is the best waste of a two hours ever. <laughs> you know, it's so bad. It's beautiful. I well, mean, I remember, it's a bad, bad. I remember you and I watching Freddy's dead. We like, we paid for it on pay-per-view. You remember that? And the 3d version, right? The 3D version, but we didn't have the 3D glasses. So, like, at some point, there's just Freddy heads. There's just close-up of Freddy heads that are not going 3D. I am laughing so hard over here because I remember it clearly. Yep. Uh, the one thing I remember about that movie was there was there's always a scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where the kids are trying to stay awake because once they fall asleep, Freddy's going to come and kill them. Right, right. And sure. I remember, like, in the first one, the first one, which I really love, is like Heather Langenkamp is like eating instant coffee and there's just a, a, a tension. Oh, in a great. Story. That was on the other day. Great movie. It's a great movie. It holds up so well. John Saxon, Johnny Depp. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so, it's so good. 
but then by Freddy's Dead, which is number six, I remember there's a there's a scene where the main girl is just in a van, and she's just staring out the window because she's tired, and she looks as bored by the movie as the rest of us. Did you ever see Freddy versus Jason? Yes, I did. Ooh, I I dragged my wife to it while we were dating. She got to pick the next movie after that one or the next couple mm-hmm. of ones because that was. I was just like I was sitting there. I'm like. I'm not watching a horror movie. I'm watching the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, well, you, they, you got to that point where it's trading on nostalgia so hard because it's like 20 years later. Yeah. And it's, it's like watching a reunion special. It's like, it's like when Gilligan's Island got off the island. Yeah, and the Harlem Globetrotters fitters in it. Or yes, like that. <laughs> that's what it was like. Globetrotters, yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I, thought yeah. The wor- I thought it was fun. It was dumb, but... You know? uh, the one thing that I always remember from that movie is like the they're coming after this girl and the girl's trying to pretend she's not scared. And she looks at him and she's like, you're not even scary. And I'm like, you shouldn't say that about the monster in a movie. You shouldn't have the victim go like, I don't care about you. I don't care. <laughs> you know, there was, they were working on a sequel that was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Really? And then it fell through. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Bruce Campbell was wow. talking about that in an interview. That's funny. Yeah. That's I, funny. I mean, uh, yeah, those movies, for, Evil Dead is probably the, the trilogy at, that I watched the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I backed into those. I saw, uh, I saw Army of Darkness on a blind date uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> never saw yeah. the girl again, but about five years later, I saw Army of Darkness. Yeah, I saw it on sci fi. And I remember I was watching it and my roommate at the time walked in and he's like, what's this? I'm like, it's this weird movie I saw on a blind date. And I don't know what the hell went on, but I couldn't stop watching it. And then, hmm. then a week later, I bought the DVD in Best Buy because I couldn't get it out of my head. And then I was watching <laughs> it every week for like three months. And then finally, I was like, I was like, all right, I have to watch Evil Dead 2. And then I bought Evil Dead 2. And then I was like, well, now I have to buy Evil Dead 1. And I went backwards in that trilogy, and I watched those. I watched those all the time. In fact, like this year, I just went to Evil Dead the Musical for the second time. <laughs> like I'm devout with those. And and when it was a blind date, and the girl said, "Let's go see Army of Darkness," I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And that movie too, I had no idea it was Evil Dead Three until I'm sitting in it, and they do ten minutes of recap. Yep. And, and Bruce Campbell's like, yeah, and I went to a cabin and then the girl died and I chopped my hand off and I got sucked into a time warp. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? It it's is hard. It's such a great movie, but it's the kind of thing you can't accept as a first movie because in a first movie, in a scary movie, everything's got to be normal except the monster. Right. That, that's what makes it scary. When you start putting too many other elements in it, mm-hmm it becomes something else. And sometimes right. it becomes something great. Right, right, right. But, you know, yeah. what, what makes, what makes um, those movies work is if you're identifying with the victims, not identifying with the monster. And the more, the crazier you make the world, the less you identify with the victim. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's funny. I had a, I had a similar experience when I was dating Jen and, um, we were uh, we were out one night, and I think I think we were going to go see Jeepers Creepers Part Two. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, was that she was just like, "Have you seen Part One?" And I said, "I had not." And she goes, 
we're not going to go see it. Because you got to see part one before you see it. Now, the thing is, is that, like, I mean, there isn't really much of a, of a history or, or much of a stuff that you need to know between part one and part two of Jeepers Creepers. But the thing is, is that she wanted me to have the full frame of reference. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you actually did Army of Darkness backwards, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable because, you know, that's usually because you're, you, you're sitting there. It's just like, I remember when, um, I remember watching the first season of The Walking Dead, falling off of it for about four years. And then they used to have a Walking Dead viewing party in my town yeah. at a local bar. With a, with a big screen TV and like you'd have all these Walking Dead fans there and all of a sudden it was season five and the thing was was that I saw the first episode of that season five after falling away for about four years mm-hmm. and the thing was is that not that I didn't like the show just I just just stopped watching it the thing is is that to get back into that frame and to know the frame of the universe that you're that you're watching that takes that takes a lot because the thing is is that like you know, there. You know, you know. There, there's a learning curve on a lot of different horror movies. Some are bigger than others. Evil Dead. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot to take in. You know, uh, Friday the Thirteenth or something like Halloween. No, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot to take in. Nightmare on Elm Street definitely a, a lot more to take in. Totally, but um, you know, it's. Um, but that's the thing about horror is that I think. The wonderful thing about horror is that once it gets you, once it grabs you, it maybe doesn't even really matter what episode you're you're seeing, what 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 sequel it is. Once it's got you and you're into it, it's just like as you saw, you just you've got to go back and you've got to see it. You just it it, it just reels you in. Yeah, and you can forgive a lot because I, I find that... Uh, oh, sure, of course, yeah. Uh, horror sequels, one of the things that, that's tougher about them, not just the familiarity, is that uh, they have to end so definitively because the, the formula that was created, um, I think by Halloween, but uh, certainly by Terminator, which was kind of a, a horror sci-fi blend, was that... You kill the monster and it comes back. And then you kill the monster again and it comes back. And then you kill the monster and it comes back. So when you finally kill the monster, it has to be so definitive that you don't think the monster is coming back again so the movie can end. So then when they do the sequel and they have to bring the monster back, they have to contort themselves and stretch so far. And I always go back to Nightmare on Elm Street 4 where a guy has a dream that a dog pisses on Freddy's grave and he just comes back. Yep, I, I remember that. Yep, dog I, pees I, I, fire, yep, totally. and then he pops out of the ground, and it's like you, you have, have buried me. I'm not dead. So you already have stuff to forgive in the you beginning know? of the movie. Yep, you know. Well, that's the funny thing. It's just like, and this is this actually is that's actually a great like launch spot for when we were going to talk about horror from different decades. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and the thing is, is that. When you look, and we were discussing this before we got on, you know, 19, like 100, 1910, 1920, you know, up until those, by the way, just for an FYI, which I told you about beforehand, the most adapted horror franchise that was produced back in the roaring 20s and 1910s and stuff like that 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is very rarely made today. Yeah, you know? like I, if you would asked me, I would have said, Dra- said Dracula. I would have said right? Dracula. Yeah, I would have absolutely said Dracula. Because I remember back in when the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula came out, which I, I actually watched um, when we were talking about Christopher Lee. I watched that one again. When that was out in theaters, I read the book for the first time. And then mm-hmm. you and I, you and I took a weekend and rented everything we could and we stayed up all night. You remember this? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, in fact, I'm so clear that I didn't ask you if you remember this. I told you you remember this. But we watched yeah. Nosferatu oh, yeah. and we watched Bela Lugosi and we watched Horror of Dracula and we stayed yep. up all night. So we'd already watched different Draculas of different eras. So I'm, I'm surprised that there were that many Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's. I mean, I didn't do, I didn't do the, the, like, count one, two, three, four. But I, I'll tell you this. Did if you, you just do, to, like, did, did you count Dr. from one? Did, wait, did no, you count no, one, two, three, four? Or there were that many counts? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. The thing is, is that, like, back then, I think the franchise, the, the two most popular movie franchises were Dracula and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Probably because they represented the norms of, of what society was back then. And what you do you know? think it was? Well, I think, I think with Dr. Jekyll, I think, well, I think it was basically in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, you're looking, you're looking at basically, you know, and, and with Dracula, kind of a, a sexual repression. Mm-hmm. That that these monsters do not obviously follow because they are they are doing you know horrible things to a lot of different people, mostly women, you know, and um, and, and and I think and they the- I think that represents that you know back then that there, there was a norm that men followed, and that and if you didn't follow this norm, this morality. Then indeed, in fact, you were some sort of monster, figuratively that's, or literally. That's interesting too, because when uh, those books were written, uh, they were written in the Victorian era. You had Jack yep. the you had Jack the Ripper running around, which then sure. was turned into several horror movies. Definitely, yeah. When that was actual you fact. Know? Yeah, you know, sometimes fact is more scarier than than than, than the imagination. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. um, but interesting, interesting because thinking about Dracula and how many versions there are, um, mm-hmm. and you and I both said we got started watching the Universal horror movies. Oh, Bella, Bella was the was the jumping, the jumping point. I have to admit, I was up until I think I was in college, I was too afraid to watch Nosferatu because I had just seen those like those those those. Like I think it was Max Shrek. Yes. You know, and and just just the way he looked, he looked he didn't even look like, you know, I mean Dracula from Christopher Lee or, or Bella Lugosi, he they looked like, you know, a normal man. I mean the Max Shrek in his makeup from from when I forget when Nosferatu was produced, nineteen twenties, uh, yeah. Something like that. The thing is is that nineteen twenty two. What he Thank you. <laughs> He's got those claws and those hands and those, and the, those the ears. shadows, those ears, those eyes. It's just yeah. like, it's just like, whoa, whoa. Did you, did you ever see, Sha- you ever see Shadow, Shadow of the Vampire? Vampire? Yeah, with Willem Dafoe. Yep. 
Willem Dafoe and John Malkovich. That's a great movie. Where, that yeah, is a great, great yeah, movie. The premise of that, if you've never seen it, is that they're shooting Nosferatu and Willem Dafoe plays Max Shrek, but he's an actual vampire. And he's, he's eating the crew as the movie goes on. You know? And John Malkovich has to decide if he's going to pull the plug on the movie or finish it. You know, and and, and it's a it's a great great movie. It's, it's a really it's, good movie, yeah. Well, you got Malkovich and Defoe in there. How could it not be good? You know, yeah. The thing is, is though, like one of the things that you had just mentioned though before, like you know, the the convoluted ways that you had to bring back monsters. Mm-hmm. I think I think when you know when you started with with Nosferatu. And then you had Freaks and the Cabinet of Dr. Kilgari, all yeah. universal, I think. Oh, well, those last two were universal. I'm not sure about Nosferatu. The thing is, is that... Well, those were German, you know, Nosferatu and that, Cabinet that, of Dr. Yeah, Caligari, yeah. yeah. So the thing is, is that like it led up into the 1931 uh, uh, universal movies. And you've got, you've got an array of, of different monsters. You've got Dracula, Frankenstein, yeah. the Wolfman, the Mummy. You can include King Kong. You know, and you that's can, a wi- it's a wide berth. Yeah, King Kong was RKO, but yep. what always strikes me about the Universal Monster movies, and and I love them. There was a period, um, there were some of the first movies to come out on DVD in the late '90s, and I remember I bought Frankenstein, and I I I watched it, I watched it like every two days for like months. Like I'm Frank- still I'm still yeah. obsessed with that original Frankenstein. Bride is also great, but I'm obsessed with that original one. But Bride is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Wolfman that. is like ten years after that. Like Frankenstein is thirty-one, and the Wolfman's forty-one. But in yeah. our minds, it's like, oh, they all came out the same year, and you know. Oh yeah, you know, and, and that's. And mm-hmm. I wonder about that. When we were talking about familiarity. Yes, um, sir. I realized that when we were talking about the Universal Monsters, I was I was about to say, oh yeah, before I watched the Universal Monster movies. I watched Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because they were oh, yeah. Abbott and Costello was- movies on Sunday mornings. And that was my, that was my favorite movie. And I think it's still the best movie they made. Oh, the, oh, the Abbott and Costello by far. Yep. Yeah. It's, totally. uh, it's really great. Um, but because actually. People love, Lugosi. people love Lon Chaney, you but know, bef- and there's yep. that familiarity, like you said. Yeah. But before that, I realized the familiarity even runs deeper because when we were kids, um, and I think this start, this starts even in the fifties and sixties, they sold those monsters to us, like as cartoons. I mean, you had the Count on Sesame Street, you yeah. had you had the Groovy Ghoulies, which is one of the worst shows ever. You had oh my god, it was like one of those our filmation Archie cartoons, and they would tell the same joke. It was laughing with monsters. But they would tell the same jokes over and over again. And then these god awful You can find it on YouTube. It's horrible. It would come on at like six in the morning on Sundays and I would watch it. Mm. Um, but you know what? They, they sold us all of these monsters as breakfast cereals. Count Chocula? I was in Target the other day and they had Count Boo-berry. Chocula, Booberry. They had Frankenberry. Uh, Frankenberry. They also had, uh, there was Fruit Brute, which they don't make anymore, which was the Wolfman. Wow. So there was such, there's, these monsters are built in to us with such familiarity. They were sold to us as little little children. So you you kind of, you, it was kind of like going back to those movies like Universal and then Hammer and those movies. It was almost like taking the training wheels off monsters because we all knew what the monsters were. 
before mm-hmm. we had, like before he'd ever seen Bela Lugosi as Dracula, you know, we saw Jim Henson do Dracula, <laughs> or at least sure, yeah, or at least Jerry Nelson. Yeah. Uh, like you had you had the Muppets doing a Bela Lugosi impression. It was it's so ingrained into our psyche and our DNA that really you have to be older to go back to those movies and understand why they were scary because the culture watered those characters down so much for us. Well, that's the thing is, is exactly as you were saying there, like your love of the first Frankenstein movie. I mean, the beginning of that movie, the guy comes out as if he was going to introduce a, 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 a play. Yes. Because he's in front of a curtain and saying, I've been warned by the producers to give you fair warning, something, something along these lines. And that was, a, that was a last minute reshoot because you know, they were already getting protests. You. Yeah. It, you know? yeah. It may shock you. It may even horrify you. And yeah. then he goes, he goes, well, we've warned you. And then, and then they go, and it's really one of the first horror movies ever. And it's using all of that terminology, like the lightning, the castles, it's pouring rain where they're digging the- graves. Yeah, yep. the, the the soundtrack, the way like they the bodies land with a thump, you know, you see like the uh, the, the the creepy old cemeteries with the with the graves that are just the, the stones that are all you know bent out of shape. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Askew, and it's it's just it's 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 just it's gothic. There's a mood to it. There's a there's a a doctor. There's an Igor, and then there's the monster. You know. Yeah, and uh, and each of them are all evil and good in their own ways. Even the monster, mm-hmm. even the monster, even the monster, as horrific as he is, the thing is, is that like when he chucks the little girl in the water. Yeah, that was cut out be- for decades because it was believed, so horrifying. I never believed that he was trying. Well, children never really die in horror movies. This one you know? did because they showed. They and this sh- is one of the first ones, and and it's it's weird because if you ever see like any of the slash movies of the eighties or something like that, mm-hmm. whatever, you see a little kid, you know that little kid's gonna live at the end of the movie. But in one of the first horror movies ever, Frankenstein, he chucked that kid right in the water, which was horrific. Did he do it out of malice? I don't believe so. No, no, he. But no, would he, he kill you at the drop of a hat? If you pissed him off, yeah, he would. Yeah, he was dangerous. That, he was that, dangerous, you yeah. know? But that, but, but again, that's yeah. the thing. Once you see it over and over and over again, yeah, like he becomes, he becomes more and more lovable because like any situation, like when you start a new job, it's intimidating for a couple of weeks and then it becomes like home. Right. Because exactly. you get used to it. And I think that's one of the things where horror as a genre, every... I'm looking at this list now. It seems like every two decades, it takes a huge leap into being more graphic and more shocking because, because we get so used to it. Well, that's, 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 I think you're absolutely correct. The thing is, is that like, you know, people also, people also like, you know, look, there's supply and demand. When, when a movie comes out and it makes money, even if even if it's not a great movie, you know, like uh, let's just go back to Frankenstein just for a moment. Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, two excellent movies. Son of Frankenstein, meh. Ghost of Frankenstein. Oh, okay, we're starting to push it a little bit. House of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Meets, 
House of Frankenstein. Actually, I liked that one as a kid because like all the monsters were in it. Yeah, but you know, you know things are you know things are getting less scary when you just start talking about the house. <laughs> you know, House of Dracula, House of Frank. Yeah, I know. Totally. Don't sound comfortable. I'm you like, know? hey, hey, Frankenstein invited me to his house. You know, but you know what's funny, man? The thing is, is that like what you were saying, like you have to come up with more convoluted ways. I mean, Frankenstein. I mean, he. He survived a couple of different ways. The Wolfman survived a couple of different ways. I mean, the Wolfman was buried for like, in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Wolfman is buried for like, for like 15 years and these grave robbers go in looking to take the rings off his fingers and they remove the Wolfbane and he comes back to life. Right. And then he falls into, he goes into the village, he gets chased out, falls into some hole, into some ice. All of a sudden he discovers the Frankenstein monster there. He meets Dr. Frank. It's, it's just so convoluted, but it was so like, people just loved it. They just wanted more and more and more. You know what? It reminds me of, uh, in a way, mm-hmm. it, re- it reminds me of the Avengers because we never really had superhero movies until the last decade or so. Like, you know, you, know, you get, we had- Like really good ones, yeah. <laughs> and a, we didn't have a lot of them. We had like Superman was the only one for like the 80s. And then, you know, we had- we didn't have anything to like, yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't have much, but I, there's the shot in Avengers when Captain America and Iron Man first meet, and it's clear uh, they knew the power of it because there's a shot where they're standing next to each other, mm-hmm. and he says, "Mr. Stark," and he goes, "Captain," and it's that feeling of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. It is that feeling of like, oh my god, each one of these characters commanded the screen on their own and now mm. we put them together yeah. oddly that usually has a lesser result mm-hmm. like these horror movies it's like mm-hmm. if you start piling up all the monsters even if you put freddie and jason in the same movie it's like it's almost too much to be scared of and that's the thing it's just like for for a lot of times with the exception of the Avengers, because I think that's a different entity because... Yeah, and the, the Avengers the, actually the were. Avengers, like, the Avengers were, were their own comic entity. Yeah. But the thing is, is that when you start piling up like, like different monsters together, yeah, the thing is, is that it starts, like you said, it's almost too much. It starts to lose a little bit. People, people, have, a, you know, people have this mi- mindset of like, okay, who's the monster? And you're like, well, okay, so if one monster is fighting the other monster, well, does that, does that then mean that one of these monsters is, is good? Right. Fighting for the good and the other one's strictly bad? So they're both monsters, you know, and you start to dilute it. Yeah. And then I think at that point, people get sick of it. And, and, then, then, and then it becomes like, like I said, it becomes kid stuff because we had like in the 60s, there was Mad Monster Party. Right, exactly. Which was, you know, the, the guys that made Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And then, right. and then more recently, like the last 10 years, we had Hotel Transylvania, which is basically the same thing, just with CG animation. Exactly, yeah. Like all the monsters yeah. live in a hotel and they're telling jokes. And when you finally get through with that, I think then, then people start like looking for, all right, all right, how many, how many different ways are we going to bring back this monster? How many, how many different ways are we going to team up this monster with that monster well then then i think it comes to a i think probably now we've 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 covered kind of like a little bit of the 20s most of the 30s and 40s 
Yeah, Jennifer and it seems like, the, like thir- the 30s are the strong stuff. And then it seems the like by the, by the 40s, they're going to the well again and again and again. Because right. the 40s are making lots of horror movies, but mm-hmm. they're much weaker. They are much weaker, sure. Because but we've, we've had, seen them all. And in mm-hmm. fact, 48 is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which right. a- as great as it is as a comedy, is kind of the death knell of the classic Universal Monsters. It really is, unfortunately. And then people start looking for different things. And, you know, you know, horror is shaped by the world we live in. The thing is, is that the next big thing after that was all of a sudden now, you know, atomic bombs falling with giant ants, Godzilla, you know, reptiles and everything. And in the early 50s, that was, that was a huge, huge genre of uh, them was a movie from, yep. from the thing yep. you know and that's all a that's all sort of a, yeah, the incredible um, shrinking man is in there yep good one yeah the fly the fly is, is a big yeah. one but you know what's interesting in the middle of all that and maybe it's that idea of a stop clock is right twice a day um is that in the middle of that you have a house of wax which is a 3d movie but it's it's atmospheric in the way that the original Universal Monsters was. And it's in a way, it's like the precursor of what Hammer was going to do. You know, and it's funny because Hammer, I think, was, you know, it took a lot of those, you, you know what, it took a lot of those Universal aspects. But then, I mean, they, I mean, also because it was, it was, you know, English, you know, they didn't have the the strict moral code that that i think you know the american you know cinema had the thing was is that they 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 you know obviously now they were in these were now color movies mm-hmm. you know and um and they and they added a sexuality to it and a and a and a and a kind of a you know much more uh uh, uh cleavage fest kind of right well it's well it becomes more graphic because we're because we're so used to the universal where you know there's there's a lady in a nightgown that's buttoned up to her neck like sitting in her boudoir when the monster comes in and going (gasps) like when you get to hammer the you know the girl's got d cups they're spilling out and she's leaning over her bed Right, and there's blood and he, dripping down from the monster's fangs. So it's it's that like it has right. to get more graphic because you're used to the more you're so used to the more restrained one is that's the new way to shock you. Because all you see is Bella Lugosi lean into the woman, mm-hmm. and then you cut away, and it cuts away. Yeah, but here you see like you see like Christopher Lee. You see the blood on the neck. You see the two the blood in his eyes on the neck. Well, his yeah, eyes. Yeah, that's a perfect thing because Bella Lugosi. Had had like lights in his eyes. Yes, Christopher Lee has, yes, and his pen lights they show in his eyes. Lights, yes, but Christopher Lee has blood in his eyes. Yeah, yeah, and it's you a know? shot with each of them that they go to again and again. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because now it just like, you know, it, it starts to get more graphic. It gets more sexualized. Mm-hmm. You know. And, um, and of course, I mean, in, in, you know, running concurrently with this, of course, you've got, you know, the, all the, the Hitchcock films that came out. Right. You know, and, and Hitchcock which were, really... Which were never really that graphic. Maybe, I don't, 
think. I mean, if you want to consider Hitchcock to be horror, psycho, there's no graphicness yeah. to it. I think uh, but that was the American cinema, too, he, even though he was an English director. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the birds and psycho loom so large that people think of Hitchcock as a horror director. But really, he, you know, he's he, really he was a master of suspense. It was mostly suspense. Thrill- a lot of thrillers and a lot of like political intrigue and a lot of like assassinations, things like that. People going slowly mad. He wasn't mm-hmm. pure horror and psycho. Psycho was a lot more graphic because again, you have to keep up with the times. Uh, but psycho yes. was also shot really fast. It was shot by the TV crew that was doing Alfred Hitchcock presents. And the birds was, uh, the birds was really his nod to those Godzilla films because it's, it's special effects. And I have to admit, as I, I was thinking about, uh, as we were about to do our podcast, I was thinking about horror movies that confused me the most. And the first one that ever confused me was, that confused me the most is probably the movie, if you've ever seen it, Hereditary. No, I've been meaning it, to see that for the longest time. Tony Collette, is, right? It is Tony Collette, and she is a fantastic actress. She's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I had to watch that movie like two or three times to understand what the hell just happened. And it's great. It's a great movie. The Birds is like the second one. I'm like, what the hell just happened in this movie? Why did the Birds get? Why did they get so pissed off? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, well, that's the thing. They it's never it explained. Really explained, you know. But it's like it's like zombie movies, which yeah. um, which honestly, as we're talking about the '60s now, mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead is in the middle of this, and that Good is one. never explained. It holds up so well, so you know? very well. Like, but, but they're so yeah yeah yeah. As you what, what were you gonna say? That was, uh, it holds up as well as any of the Universal monster movies. And yeah, Night of Living Dead is up there so with Frankenstein. Many, so many social messages in that. Yeah. About about race. About you know just. And you know what? You know, you know what's crazy? The whole race thing. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, it's so subtle because that wasn't Romero's intention. It's just that he shot the whole thing in Pittsburgh. There's right. No, in Pittsburgh, his main job was like shooting Mr. Rogers. Like he, mm-hmm. he was making short films for Mr. Rogers. Um, because that was the only thing they shot in Pittsburgh. And so when he cast Night of the Living Dead, he just got local actors, and it turned out the best for person who came into audition was black. So he just hired him. But then when you watch the movie, yep. it's filtered in with, with the racial tensions of the 60s, which obviously has never been resolved. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's sometimes they have that little accident, yep. that little window into what's going on. And Night of Living Dead, I think, is so revolutionary because it's uh, um, it's called Night of the Living Dead, but the scariest part is the beginning, and it's in the middle of the day. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah, which which that- which is them making fun of Hammer and Universal monsters. They're making fun of horror tropes. Because, you know, the brother, the brother's saying, oh, it's really spooky in this graveyard, isn't it? It's like an old horror movie. Oh, they're coming to get... And he's doing Boris Karloff. You know? And, and she then, comes up with this... She comes out with that great land and she goes, stop it. You're ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she yes. says. And I'm like, I'm like, I love her. She's the most helpless woman ever, but God bless her. I love her. I love... And I love that first zombie that shows up. He just looks like a drunken Rockaway. He basically just looks like he... <laughs> Walked out of an Irish bar and rock away. That's God's exactly sake. what he looks like. Which, and they don't take him seriously because of that. You know? Exactly. 
But that was nine eleven mm-hmm. was the first movie that felt like it was taking place here today. They were used. They used a lot of news footage. They were like they used the local news guys. It it yep. felt like it was really happening. The only other thing I can think of that was close to that is Orson Welles' War of the World, which was on the radio. It wasn't a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, I I just listened to all of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Have you ever heard the whole thing? I haven't. Um, the two things that struck me, I'd always heard clips of it. Uh, when I worked at the Museum of Television Radio, they would play it all October. So I, I would listen to a little bit and then walk out of the room, go back to work. But uh, mm-hmm. the two things was, number one, they kept saying over and over again, this is Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Because, you know, the famous story is that people in New Jersey ran out with shotguns to shoot the aliens. And people got mad at Orson Welles. But they kept saying, this is a dramatization of Orson Welles doing War of the Worlds. Now back to Orson Welles doing War of the Worlds. And apparently people would just turn on the radio in the middle and run out of their house immediately. They didn't wait for a second opinion. They didn't switch yeah. to another station. They just grabbed their guns because this is America. The other yeah. thing that's hilarious in it is every single person in that that they interview mm-hmm. about the aliens. Like they're like, we're talking to a, a a physicist here at the observatory. We're talking to a general in the army. They're all Orson Welles. <laughs> And you know, Orson Welles thought of himself as a character actor, but he wasn't. So it's, it's literally like, it's literally like, we're at the observatory. Doctor, what do you think the aliens look like? Well, it appears they have tentacles and bright lights. We're going to keep monitoring this. All right, now we're going to talk to the general. General, what do you expect your force to do? Well, we're going to have some guns and point them at the tentacles. <laughs> Like, who believed this was real? Hey, you know. And then we're know. going to give Kermit the Frog the fa- standard rich and famous contract. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know it, it happens, man. It happens. I know, I mean, and it's so great. You know, I mean, it's just like, I, I remember, what was it? It was the last year. They thought that people were going to run out of the movie. You know, after seeing Joker, we're going to run out of the movie and just people are going to start killing each other and stuff like that. This is, yeah. but, but, but the thing is, is like, you know, like, I don't know why, but, but, but people get these ideas in their mind and, and, and sometimes it's like a mass hysteria and sometimes it's just something that gets, it's just an idea that gets, it's, you know, you know, you know, tossed around and it's, it says, like, Oh my God, this is going to be the most violent. And it turns out that it, it, it wasn't, it was just a great movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, so speaking of things getting more graphic, let's move up to the 70s because the 70s. Oh, but, oh, but oh, you know what? I did want to bring one thing up. Okay. The one thing nicely that, that, uh, that you, um, that you um, uh, uh, touched on. Hmm. And as you were saying, like the Night of the Living Dead was like the, uh, the tumultuous 60s. Yeah. And when you look at the, the late 60s, and this is, to me, this movie, it was Rosemary's Baby by Roman Polanski. Yeah, I've never this seen it. To me, oh, you got to see this. This movie is as scary and creepy as hell. There aren't any monsters in it, but there are plenty of monsters in it. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. The thing is, is that, man, now I can't even, I was going to bring up this, like, really this, like, interesting point that was going to deal with, like, the tumultuous 60s. 
and that has and then as that leads into the seventies. But now, since you haven't seen it, I'm afraid whether or not to say it or not. Well, I don't no, want to no, it's it. fine. I think it's the bridge. Well, it it's rumored it's maybe it's sixty eight. It's the bridge into the seventies. Well, that's the thing. It's just like, and the thing was is that this movie was made in nineteen sixty eight. Obviously, probably one of the mo- most tumultuous times in America. Unfortunately, now we're giving that a run for its money, but that's besides yep. the point. The thing is, is that um, Rosemary's Baby, and I could be wrong in this, but as far as my horror experience has been, and I think I have a good experience, Rosemary's Baby is the first horror movie I have ever seen. And it started off a trend that continued into the 70s, which I think made 70s horror more scary than previous horror and even maybe up to today's horror. Rosemary's Baby was the first time I've ever seen the movie where the bad guy wins. Huh. Seriously. Interesting. Every, every movie, you know, either, either the good guys got away, you know, or, or something happened with the bad guy that, um, you know, you know, like, you know, you know, Dracula always gets the stake through the heart. The Frankenstein monster always does whatever, right? (laughs) Usually gets trapped in fire and something collapses on him. You know, the Wolfman, you know, a silver bullet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they all have their kryptonite. They all have their kryptonite. Rosemary's Baby, 1968. First horror movie. And I think that that's why I have such a... I have such a when when I when I talk about my favorite era of horror, mm-hmm. I think of the of the seventies. Yeah, because the thing is, is that in a lot of those movies, and especially the best horror movies of the seventies, a lot of times it looks like the bad guy won. Yeah, you know what? I was just thinking about that because um, you, know? you get in the seventies, you get this one-two punch of one of the cheapest movies ever and then like a real Hollywood movie that are both terrifying. You get Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 74. You get Jaws in 75. And then I think you get Dawn of the Dead in 77. Um, you get Carrie in there. But the 70s, mm-hmm. when um, you know, the 70s always seemed, growing up in the 70s, it always seemed kind of dirty and sleazy. And we were, we were living in New York, which was broke. You know, it was, the 70s just seemed scary all the time. But... Uh, uh, you should see the look I just made on my face. <laughs> Why? Look like, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. The 70s were not exactly, you know, uh, you know, a, a a great time for New York. There's no, the they were the blackout. That was just yeah, they were not wholesome. Some, and you know what? We can go beyond horror. Um, crazy because, shit going on in the world. Yeah, but you know what? Look at some of the other movies in the 70s. You had Taxi Driver. You had Chinatown. You want to talk about bad guys winning? You know, don't yeah. look. Don't look now. Comes out in 1973. That's the scariest ending I've ever seen of it on anything. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, it's great. Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. It's Ooh. Oh it's, not, it's one of those movies where you're like you don't know what's happening, and then the end of it just fucks you up, like Ooh. the Stepford Wives, which is another 70s movie. You just brought me a good movie up. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Donald Sutherland. Oh yeah, remake yeah. from the 50s. Probably maybe, better than the one from the yeah, 50s. Yeah, maybe better than the original. Original maybe ones, better, really, the know? original ones, really talky. But the ones that I think about when I think about like seventies horror, I'm yeah. thinking The Exorcist. Okay. You know, because in the end, 
you know what? The devil still goes on and there's two dead priests, you know? The omen, the, the, the guy gets shot on the altar at the end. Yep. And the little kid, Damien, he lives. The Amityville Horror, yeah. Amityville Horror, all they do, they abandon the house. Yeah, it's, you know? um, I mean, the 70s was full of downer endings. It was like Vietnam wasn't going well and America didn't feel good about itself. And that's it's why cool. to step outside of horror, that um, I mean, Jaws was the biggest movie, but jo- and Jaws has a feel-good ending, you know. Smile, you son. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jaws, Jaws stops being a horror movie after the first hour and starts being a chase movie. Um, it's right. one exactly. of the greatest movies ever. Like we, I just spent totally. a podcast talking about it, but um, but then Star Wars is so feel-good that it just wipes the whole slate clean. Like you, they stop making downer '70s movies. The only, downer, yeah, the only downer moment in, in Star Wars is, is really Obi-Wan. And that's, and that's such a trope. It's like, okay, the, we kill off the teacher so the hero can take center stage. But I mean, even... But he was just like, well, is he dead or is he not? Because he's not in the rope. Anyway, yeah, well, not getting into that. He, die, he dies in one and appears in all three. Exactly, you know? But even, um, thing- even Halloween and Alien... You get the you get down to yeah. final girl syndrome. I mean, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. uh, the first one's a horror movie, and after that, they're not. After that, they're like they're really graphic action movies with jump scares. Because Sigourney Weaver lives, she takes over that whole franchise. Yeah, that jump first- scares to me the death knell of 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 of, of horror. I fucking hate do- jump scares, man. They're they're just anxiety yeah. inducing. They're not they're not based in anything. It's like. It's like um, when just I just let your mind play with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, anyone but you, can just jump out and scare you. That, right, that, that's fine. That anyone can do that. I mean, anyone you can, go, can you could go to a haunted house and have that happen, and there's no story and I've done to that. that. <laughs> yeah, I've I been one of those haunted house actors. I've yeah, you've been that. on both sides of the haunted house. You know, it's. I got to tell you, it is kind of fun, but when we're talking about a cinematic experience, right? Well, well you're it, talking about it, storytelling. That's the thing. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Do you know there's this movie? And I gotta tell you, one of the one of the best one of the best horror actors that I've seen, and this is gonna sound crazy, Burgess Meredith. In what? Two movies from the 70s. The Sentinel, mm-hmm. which has Chris Sarandon in it, and um, oh god, I can't remember her name right now. Good movie. And even this other movie, it used to be on channel seven. It was it was "Quote unquote," the best horror movie of the uh, of the um, of nineteen seventy six, "Burnt Offerings." Uh, it was uh, Oliver Reed, Burgess Meredith, Karen Black, and the woman. Oh God, she's a great actress, classic actress. She was with Joan Fontaine in that movie. Oh God, what is her name? Oh, this is gonna drive me crazy. Oh God. Getting old. She was in. Um, oh my God, Betty Davis. Oh, Betty, Betty Davis. Betty Davis. She's got Betty yeah. Davis eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a horror movie. You know. Boom. But I got, that movie <laughs> scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And it still does. There's a chauffeur in that movie who will fucking creep you out, man. That was like, um, you showed you know, me. Did you see this movie? I've never seen this movie, but, um, 
but you made you just made me think of another seventies movie, Phantasm. Ooh, ooh, good one. With it's a, yeah, it's such a weird movie. There's a scene. There's a scene where it's just two guys playing guitar for like five minutes. Yep. Have you ever seen yep. this? Is have you ever? You probably have. I'm gonna assume you've seen every horror movie. Have you seen? Speaking of things that have a slow build, have you mm-hmm. seen Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things? Yes. That movie does nothing for an hour and then goes bonkers bullshit for yeah. 15 minutes yeah. and then ends. There's a movie called House of the Devil that's just like that. Yeah. The first 45 minutes will bore the hell out of you. But once she gets going in that house, oh, Lord. It's yeah. a great movie. It's a great movie. I think it's uh, either late 2000s or early 2010s, somewhere in there, something like that. Oh, so fairly recent. Fairly recent, yeah. So, it's, so it seems like the 70s, as we're talking about, the 70s really had this visceral punch. It had like a nihilistic sense. It had a... Everything kind of felt documentary. There weren't a lot of real stage shots. But now, when well, you, the you and I... Usually, the bad guys won a lot of yep. times. But now, you and I... Even made, in the first Rocky movie, Apollo Creed still yep. won. Yeah, <laughs> Rocky didn't win. No. People, people sometimes forget that. But let's talk about, let's talk about the 80s now. Because if the 80s, I think, like, are, the most, are kind of the most fun. Because mm-hmm. they come up with some of the... Like, like I mean... I think the, the quintessential 80s horror movie is The Shining, which came out in 81. Yeah. Because that was just, it was just great. Again, the bad guys kind of won. Kind of. Um, I mean, Jack dies, but then he's in, he's in the picture. You know, that was a hell of a party. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's funny, too. I just, I watched that again not too long ago. So I watched, um, I read the book, and then... Uh, I watched mm-hmm. The Shining, and then I watched Doctor Sleep, which is actually pretty good. Doctor Sleep is good. You can never go wrong with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Ewan McGregor is great. I cannot wait until Disney Plus does the Obi Wan show. That'd be great. Yeah, they're cool. doing it. They're yeah. making it. It's going to be great. And now, like sure. y- you know, Ewan Ewan is almost Alec Guinness age, so it's just going to drop right in that. That's scary. That, <laughs> that <laughs> slot. Yeah, I know. We're all getting old, how? <laughs> dude, you don't have to remind me. I have aches and pains. I know. Yeah, I just watched The Shining and The Shining. You know what? And that, I think you have a good point. The Shining, the Shining really sets the blueprint. They said this about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I think The Shining really cements this as like the scariest person in a horror movie in the 80s is the director. Mm. Because it's all about like where he's putting the camera and what he's doing. Like The Shining, those long tracking shots, like the just close-ups on Jack's face, like... There's not a lot of story to The Shining. Stephen King notoriously hates this movie because they, because they didn't do his book. Like Stanley Kubrick just kind of went and did his own thing. Right, right. But then you start having these, the movies get more and more stylish. First of all, they're all building on what was happening in the 70s, but you have like, then you, ha- you start having guys like Sam Raimi doing Evil Dead, as we mentioned before. You have uh, Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. You know, you start mm-hmm. having these, these, directors and um two crazy movies um in the mid 80s that I, I was terrified to see until later um the first modern horror movie i ever watched and i just watched this again this week in a drive-in it's the first drive-in i've ever been to in my life they really? showed, oh they're great yeah they showed return of the living dead Ooh, good one. I, I mean, that movie's be, nuts. Good. 
so campy. And then around the same it's time, eighties, right? Yep. And around the same time, I didn't see this till maybe five years ago. Reanimator. Oh, Reanimator is. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> with with the great Jeffrey Combs. Yep. You know Jeffrey Combs became a Star Trek sta- standby. Jeffrey, no, Combs, Jeffrey Combs plays like six different aliens in three different series of Star Trek. They wow. loved him. They just kept bringing him back. And, and if they didn't want to use his character, they put him in makeup and put, put him on as somebody else. That's pretty cool. He is, especially on Deep Space Nine, he's amazing. But Reanimator is just mm-hmm. so far beyond crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's this... There's a lot of, of crazy shit in that movie, whether it's the actual reanimation of the, of the of the dead bodies, whether it's that last one of those that one of those final scenes where the guy who doesn't have um, well, it looks like he's been somewhat decapitated. Yep. But he's 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 getting the second base. Yeah. You know? No, let, let's just say yeah, that, what was, it is. that was just crazy because there's the a decapitated that, head that gives a naked woman cunnilingus in this movie. that happens you know and it's but that's like that is like so by the way this the the same year is george romero's day of the dead which right the more i go back to 1985 that movie's crazy because just all of the actors are just like weird and ugly in a way Mm -hmm. like they everyone in that movie makes me uncomfortable Mm. yep yep that's the funny thing is though it's just like the thing is, is that like, as um, as as the eighties went on, I mean, we, you know, you you started off with like Friday the Thirteenth, you started off with The Shining, you know, and then and it continued with with um, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, which I know you're a big fan of. I love, yeah, I love those movies. That's like your, that's your baby. I know that. Yeah, that was it's, the one the great in- series. In high school, that was the only horror franchise that I would show up to. Like most most horror movies, I would see them on HBO, or I'd see them a little later, or it, it'd be years later, and people say that's a classic. You have to go back and watch it. Nightmare on Elm Street. Like uh, I think I I watched one and two when three came out, and after that, I was watching all of them new. Well, the funny thing is, is that what I remember from the eighties is just like with with horror. Horror was kind of a unifying thing. They kind of made you, you feel good. You wanted to go in and you wanted to root for the bad guy. And you knew he was going to finally get killed at the end, but he really wasn't going to get killed at the end. You were going to see a pair of breasts. Yeah. Okay. Least one. Is that, like, you had like every, I remember going to, um, with my friends at that time, going to horror movies and there'd be every social like crew that you'd find at the, uh, at the, at waiting to get in outside, waiting for tickets to get into the theater. You know, there was because there was no Fandango or anything like that. You know, it was just like you had the metalheads, you had the uh, you had your Guidos, you had uh, you had your, 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 your jocks, you had your, you know, you, you know, every, every every kind of like quote unquote, uh, uh, you know, like uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Click. Every, Every sort of click that you could find in high school all went to those horror movies. Opening night, the line was around the corner. Like, I remember the, the theater down the street from where we went to high school. It was just around the corner. You waited there for a couple of hours. You got in. 
you got your seats and like and people would just basically kind of kind of talk through the movie not even take it serious mm-hmm. you know and it was just you know it was just like it was such it was such a a social event you know yeah and, and rather than, than and then the, the, being scared was 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 basically secondary maybe even third if you, you were know? even scared a lot of them weren't that scary and you were just you were just going to see gore yeah like gore was you know the yeah. the special effects were growing in leaps and bounds in the 80s just and then what you had, they could do and then you had and then you had like it during during the 80s not sure if you consider this horror per se but you had your trauma films coming on oh yeah and, and those guys i mean look they look what they do they do they they know what they're doing they they know what they're doing and they do it fine they do it fine i can't say i'm the biggest trauma fan because you know it's just i don't know sometimes maybe i'm just getting older i used to be i I used to be friends with a a trauma actress for a while still and and you know what she's still doing it like i i follow her on instagram and she's she still does all the horror conventions. She's got kids. You know, she's married, she's got kids, but they still come out for her. Why not? They, they, yeah. they are, I would say, probably being an actor, that it's got to be one of the, the more fun movies to genres to, to make. I know um, a friend of mine, uh, his cousin, and uh, it's funny because, like, I didn't know this, but he, when he got married, she was at the wedding. If I would have known this, of course, the movie that she was in, she was in one of the paranormal activities. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, was that I, I thought she did just, just a fantastic job. And the thing is, is that, you know, it just, it, it, they just look like the most fun movies to make. Yeah, well, they say, well, well, they say people that do comedies are always, are always full of angst and people that make horror movies are always laughing because you're getting that side out of your, of yourself out all day professionally. So your right. personality is yes. what's left over afterwards. So if you, if you're yep. doing dark, dark work, you don't have as much darkness in your life. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you're a really dark person. Yep. But you know what? It, uh, as we talk about the eighties, which, which went, you know, definitely went crazy. It went overboard. It was, as you said, it was so popular. People would come out that they had to keep topping each other, topping each other, topping each other. And it seems like, it seems like the '90s. There's kind of a collapse, because in the yeah. ni- in the '90s you start have you have these high profile horror movies. You know, you have Misery, you have Silence of the Lambs, you ha- you have Bram Stoker's Dracula. These are horror movies that get nominated for Oscars, and then you start to have this like the the knowing winks of the screen of Scream, which you know Scream is like, scream. hey, this That's is how. Thing. What's that? I never like Scream. I like the first one. I don't think I kept going. Um, well, but I didn't care. It was like, and you know what the the Jenny was just in the background. She said she loves Scream. But the but the actors started get getting more high profile. You know, they started getting better looking, and it started to become more stylish. And I know what you did last summer. I still know yeah. what you did last summer. Yeah, the faculty, so like Robert Rodriguez. That I did like the I did like the faculty. I thought John Stewart was great. Yeah, you had so. And I think it was, you had like Halloween H2O at that point. Halloween came back, but they all had this Halloween very slick look. <laughs> What's that? Halloween fear of water. Yeah, H2O. yeah, monsters don't like water. There's a lot of monsters yeah. falling in water and getting upset about it. Yeah, they, they don't like that. And I feel like, the funny thing, 
But is the nineties a good time for horror? What do you think? Is the nineties the nineties takes sort of a for me, and and maybe you know maybe I have to go back and look at the list better. Well, but but when I think about it, the nineties are a kind of a after Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. it kind of takes a slump up until almost the very end, ninety nine when the Sixth Sense came out. Now and, I'm a, and Blair Witch is the same summer and Blair. Blair Witch, I wasn't, I was fine with Blair Witch, but I loved Sixth Sense. The, um, the thing was, is that like, and, and for me, M. Night Shyamalan himself, to me, launched like a lot of, a lot of like this, this sort of like, sort of, you know, people, people say, well, he's trying to be Hitchcock or whatever. No, I, I don't see that. I, I, you know, everyone's got their own niche and stuff like that. The thing is, is that he's done some good, and, and he's had some things that I'm kind of like, eh, he, I really didn't like that. He's diminishing know? returns, though. He, he, each movie he made after that was a little worse than the last one. And well, I did I, like Signs. I did like The Village. Uh, I didn't I like Signs. I didn't see The Village. Uh, the Last Airbender was abominable. That was not a good one. No, no and he and Lady like, in the Water. Lady in the Water was mine. That I was just like, okay, yeah. everyone's everyone's allowed to have a mulligan. See, you know, I think um, I feel like we, we all bet on M Night Shyamalan, but meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, I on, think everyone wants him to to do well. Yeah, but I think coming in from the outside, you have Guillermo del Toro, who people weren't noticing. Oh, half of his movies, half his movies were Spanish. Like I, I didn't clue into Guillermo till Hellboy, and and Hellboy is mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. But you want to talk about horror? The guy made a horror movie that won Best Picture two years yeah. ago. Yeah, Lady in the Water. Not no, uh, oh. Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Jesus. Yeah, Shape of Water is great. Shape of Water is a great movie. I yep, just sure. saw. I just saw his first movie, Chronos, a couple weeks ago. I'd never seen it. It's really good. Like for a guy's first movie, it's mm-hmm. really good. And Devil's Backbone is great. Pan's Labyrinth is great. Pan's Labyrinth is great. Yep, yep. I yep. haven't seen Crimson Peak. I heard it wasn't as good, but then Crimson it, Peak is stylish. The cinematography yeah. is amazing. His shots are, are wonderful. The story's a little weak. Okay. But Tom Hilston is in it. He's a good actor. Yeah, Tom Hilston is good. I mean, and, Pacific uh, Rim is fun as hell. It's, it's, oh, it's, great it's not a horror it's movie. It's, yeah. it's a horror movie in the way that it got, the Godzilla is a horror movie. Um, right. And, you know, it's robots beating up monsters. Sure. But, it's, uh, but he, you know, he, I think he's probably the most important horror director because the other guys like um, Sam Raimi uh, ended up doing the first three Spider-Man movies, left horror. Peter mm-hmm. Jackson, who did, you know, Dead Alive and Brain Damage. I, I hated his horror movies. Uh, made Lord of the Rings. Those guys moved out, but Guillermo won't leave horror. Like, he should No, he loves it. You know, he's doing great. So why leave? Yeah. You know? So that, that go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, the funny thing is, is that like, so, so it's, it's, you know, I think from, from that slump of, uh, of, um, of, of what the, of, of what the mid to late nineties for me were, mm-hmm. I think, I think when we started to get into two thousands, I'm a big M night fan. Um, the movie, the ring, that was, that was, that was the one that was really, really just, um, that, that, that was a good one. Frailty. 
I don't know if you've ever seen Frailty's Frailty. good. Bill Paxton. Yep. That was yeah. my first date with Jen. We went to go see, not our first date, first movie we ever saw together was Frailty. I still have the ticket stuff. That's a good it's, movie. Um, that man. was such a good movie. Oh Talk about God. a guy that was taken too young. Oof. Bill, oh, my God. Bill yeah. Paxton, man. Just Bill Paxton is, yeah. in, is in every James Cameron movie because they were good friends. So Bill Paxton's the, the first guy the Terminator kills. Must be laundry day. Nothing clean. <laughs> Bill, yeah. Bill Paxton is the mean brother in weird science. Yes, he was. He was uh, so great. Such a great actor. Such yeah. a great actor. Oh, that's a great movie. Near Dark. Catherine Bigelow. You ever seen Near that? Near Dark. Nope, never seen it. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it's Bill Paxton, Lance, <laughs> Lance Henriksen. Um, it's like the whole cast of Aliens because Catherine Bigelow was like, uh, I think she was dating James Cameron and she was a producer mm -hmm. on his films. And she basically just took all the secondary characters from Aliens and made this vampire movie in Texas. Mm. It's great. I gotta see that. Gotta yeah, see that. I've only seen it once. I wanna see it again. That's you know, like, uh, I think that's late 80s, maybe? Yeah, it's mid 80s. The one so, thing that I like about horror now is that we've gotten into yeah. 2000 now. Yeah, let's, now. let's, let's get to the present day because I, I think. Present days? Horror Jen, starts, jump in here. So, horror starts to take itself a little more seriously in the aughts. You know? I was going to say, Jen just said 28 days of night. The thing is, is that like horror, I think like right now, I think it's gotten, and this is to its credit, has gotten, and, and this, then I think this actually opens it up to a broader audience, has gotten more sophisticated. Oh, yeah. You see, you see somebody as talented as Jordan Peele. Oh, my God. Get yeah. out. Get out. And then us. Know? And us. Yeah. You I know? mean, get out, get out is a masterpiece, but us is really good. Us, Us was one of those movies I had to watch it a couple of times to understand exactly what happened. But yeah, it's, Get, it's a, it's get a Out has thing. a moment right in the middle where it turns the key for you. Us, mm -hmm. Us kind of does that by the end, but you have to put all those pieces together. You yourself. have to put it together. Did you ever see, okay, there's, there's a director, and I forget his name. He's done the movie Hereditary. Um, and did he also, also do Midsummer? Yes, he did. Those are two movies that have been on my list for a long time. I haven't gotten to them. Hereditary, I loved. Yeah. Got to watch it a few times to, to really, I think, to get it. Mm -hmm. Midsummer, you know, it's funny because I think, God, I think I'm the only person that I know that I've watched it and liked it. Most people don't like it. Really? But it's, uh, to me, it's just, it's like, I, I, think, it, I think it's good. I, you know, but look, I mean, look, you know, every, to each his, to each his or her own, you know, the thing is, is that, um, that's the horror movies that I think today, it just, they, they have a, like, they have this, 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 um, this flair to them, this, this, uh, an intelligence to them. It's not just some guy running around with a hockey mask or a chainsaw, as fun as those are, right? The thing is, is that, if, you, if you've ever seen the movie You're Next, if you've ever seen the movie It Follows. It Follows is amazing. I was just going to bring that up. It's a, oh my God, wonderful movie. Yeah. Wonderful movie. And the thing is, is that like, there's, there's also a movie called Don't Breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. They're, oh my God. There's just, there's so many. I mean, God. Oh, sometimes it's there's so many. Sometimes it's it's, it's hard to to, to to think of them all. But that's it's just like it's just like there's such a. I think 
people people don't really want the uh, the uh, the jump scares anymore. Oh my God, The Conjuring. The Conjuring is an amazing movie. Insidious is an amazing movie. Sinister, one of those movies that I don't. I, I think it's kind of like sometimes maybe a little. It's 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 creepy. I was actually watching part two the other night. I actually was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to turn this off right now because something a little creeped out. And even though it was, yeah, but it was also two in the morning, so it was kind of. Like, oh, I just had that. It's it's not a horror movie, but have you seen Uncut Gems? Adam Sandler. Yeah, I heard that movie's amazing. It's great. It's on Netflix now, and I I, pu- I put it on a couple weeks ago. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start it. It's getting late. So I'll start it. I'll, t- I'll turn it off after an hour. And right. for an hour and a ha- hour, hour and a half, I'm like, well, what is it? This? this is just a character piece. Like this is Adam Sandler just playing this character that he doesn't usually play. Yeah, this is well made, but uh, I- it doesn't seem to have any kind of plot. And then just the way it's paced, it's almost subliminal. Mm-hmm. Like it-, it starts off so slow, but by the end of it, uh, Howie, I'm not kidding. The movie ended around midnight. I didn't sleep. Like, really? I, it was literally eight in the morning. And I was like, oh, yeah. I guess I didn't sleep tonight. It just, it just ramped you up. It's not a horror yeah. movie, but it's definitely intense. Mm. Now, good. I got to check it out. Gen so, you th- so you think horror is in a good place right now? Oh, I think horror is definitely, I think it's probably in as good a place as it's been since probably like the seventies. Now, the one thing I would recommend against is yeah. don't, don't, if, if, if I was, if I worked in Hollywood and I was like, you know, don't, 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 don't make remakes of the Amityville horror. Don't, don't try to redo the omen. You know, they've been done before. There's, there's a reason why they're classics, you know, don't try to remake The Exorcist, you know? Oh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great movie. The Last, the last Exorcism, great movie. Um, you know, there's just, there's so many ways that you can do like exorcism movies or stuff like that, possession, whatever you want. The thing is, is that like, there's a certain thing to like, of like, when you've done it, I'd say that probably the best example would probably be one that I think most people might be familiar with was when they tried to remake Psycho. Yeah, with Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is just too cool of a dude. To yeah, like, well, and especially at that point, because like when he became middle-aged, he became kind of like schlumpy. Um, but it's still... But he's still Vince Vaughn. But it was also shot for shot. And it was like, why do I want to watch Gus Van Zandt be a cover band of Alfred Hitchcock when I could watch Alfred Hitchcock? That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So so here are my two questions for you to wrap things up now that we're up to the present day. Um, Number one, do you have a favorite horror movie or is there too long a list? Ooh. Oh, God. That's a great question. A favorite horror movie. Ah, uh, yeah. I think Johnny. I think it's too long of a list. Yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say, The Exorcist is up there, and The Omen. As much as as much as the stuff around like the devil and stuff scares me and stuff like that, you know. Um, 
those, those, those two are definitely up there. I think um, Your Next is up there. I love Your Next. Hmm. I haven't seen Your Next. That's been on you my know, list for a you know, um, It's so funny. If I actually looked at my phone and looked at like the past tickets of movies that Jen and I have gone to, it's basically almost all horror. Yeah. But, but nothing that's really just the, the conjuring is great. The conjuring is great. You know, Annabelle, the last one, Annabelle Creation. Was a, I think that was the very last one that they've made. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. I like that movie a lot. Um, okay, so final Paranormal question. Paranormal Activity. Yeah, I didn't uh, like Paranormal Activity that much. Yeah. It didn't I do mean, it for me. I've, I mean, I, I, it's, sometimes it does become repetitious with, okay. Yeah, it was, I, I found, it a, I found it a little tedious and the payoffs weren't quite big enough to uh, warrant the amount of tedium because it was trying to do that found footage thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and the whole thing of, is this the scariest movie ever? No, it's not. It's not. It's a, it's, to me, it's a fine movie. It's a good movie, but uh, it, it's, it's not the scariest movie ever. But, I mean, just for, for what they did with the found footage thing, that was, that was pretty good. And now, they, and they, 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 they yeah, no, I, 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 it, it's up there for me. It's so up fine. Insidious, Insidious is up there. I, I do love the original Wolfman. I do, I do. Oh, I do love Horror of Dracula. You know. So f- you ready for the final question? Sure. Final question. You have to vote for a decade. One decade. Yeah. What do you vote? Seventies. Okay. I think I'd go thirties. It's so. It's yeah. just so iconic and it's so entertaining. I can't. You know. I I hear you. That 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 would be. That would probably be my. That would probably be my number two. I would probably go seventies, thirties, present day. So there you have it. There's plenty of ways to watch horror this Halloween. I know Amazon Prime has tons and tons of great classic cult horror movies. You can always find original stuff on Netflix. Hulu has Halloween running right now. Uh, there's so many places to find any of these films. But you can find me at Not In My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. You can also go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Comics, where we post all the news. And if you want to listen to the show, if you stumbled upon this and you want to learn how to subscribe, we're everywhere you find podcasts. And that includes iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and Amazon Music. And we will talk to you next week. We're getting close to the election, which is scarier than anything we've talked about so far.